There's You're not taxing them that much because most of them are based in Texas or Oklahoma. There's a whole All right, we're out problem. of time. We're out of yeah. time. Yeah. What did I tell you guys at the beginning? No booing or hissing. I think they were booing and you. Now you're directing it at me. <laughs> All right, Governor, your, your closing remarks, please. Right. Again, Alex, thank you for moderating this. Wait a minute. Was that Alex Trebek? And hold on another second. Why was the beloved Jeopardy host moderating a Pennsylvania governor debate? And for gosh darn sakes, who boos Alex Trebek? The answer is, as they would say on Jeopardy, this episode of The Weekly, the top 10 most memorable moments involving a moderator during a Senate, House governor, or mayor debate seen on C-SPAN. Yes, you're right. It's that time of year. Time to watch C-SPAN's extensive coverage of campaign 2022 debates. To mark this treasured occasion, In the last episode of The Weekly, we played our top 10 favorite moments from candidates. Now, part two. It's our top 10 favorite moments involving the moderators of Senate, House, Governor, and Mayor debates. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's dive right in. And for clip 10, we pick up where we left off. Alex Trebek. The late, loved, and legendary Jeopardy! host was chosen to moderate the October 1st, 2018 Pennsylvania governor debate between Republican Scott Wagner and Democrat Tom Wolfe. You know how candidates make opening statements? Well, Alex Trebek did the same. Now, when I was asked by the chamber if I would come here and be the moderator for this event, I was not drunk. I accepted immediately. Didn't give it a second thought. What on earth was I thinking? My gosh. Obviously, I'm not as bright as some of you people in the audience think I am. This is not a game show tonight. This is serious stuff. And I can't begin to tell you how much agony and stress I have experienced over these many months because I accepted that invitation. The evening's not about me, but I have spent four decades hosting television competitions with impartiality. And what I was very afraid of was that some of you would leave here tonight and say, well, our guy didn't do too well, but it was only because Trebek was so biased against him. I didn't want that to happen. So, yes, I am very nervous. But I accepted, and I accepted on the condition that I would get to do, do it my way. He did it his way, and as a result, as you already heard, he got booed. Alex Trebek wasn't the only moderator who got booed during the debate. For clip nine, here's the March 31st, 2015 Chicago mayor debate. Cook County Commissioner Jesus Garcia has this exchange with moderator Phil Ponce. 
Your son has been arrested numerous times, and court records describe him as a gang member repeatedly. In 2013, he was charged with a felony for attacking an off-duty police officer. Is he still a gang member? Phil, uh, my wife and I live in a neighborhood that's had its share of problems, including gang activity. My son grew up in that community. It's been challenging. We tried to be as loving and as caring and as supportive of my son as possible. He made some mistakes. I'm not proud of it. Perhaps all the love that we gave him wasn't enough. Gladly, my son learned from his mistakes. He has four children that he's raising. He is a chef, and he mentors kids in the community. He turned his life around. I'm proud of him. Is he, he still in a gang? No. Can I say one thing? Yes. I don't actually think this is a fair line of questioning. Actually, with the... Uh, I don't. I think, I think, let me say this. We're... With respect, uh, a lot of voters might wonder, Commissioner, if you can't keep your own son out of a gang, how can you steer... Excuse me? If you can't keep your own son out of a gang, how can you steer the city away from gangs and violence? The next day, Ponce told Chicago Tribune columnist John Cass... In retrospect, I think that question was off the mark and that I blew it on that one. By the way, the person you heard in the clip saying, I don't actually think this is a fair line of questioning, was Garcia's opponent. He was the eventual winner of the 2015 Chicago mayor race, getting reelected, Rahm Emanuel. Okay, let's switch gears. Enough booing. How about something unifying, like eggs? October 22, 1998, the Vermont Senate debate. Democrat Patrick Leahy is running for re-election. He's facing Republican Fred Tuttle, a dairy farmer. It's on Vermont Public Radio. In this clip, clip number eight in our top ten list, the debate opponents are questioning each other. He's not technically the debate moderator, but since Patrick Leahy is asking a question of Fred Tuttle, he makes the list. I've always wondered. Now, you, you've had more experience in agriculture than I'll ever have. Why is it? And I don't know the answer to this one. Why is it do white hens always lay white eggs? Brown hens always lay brown eggs. Do you know why that is? I really don't know how that is, but I I don't know. I feel years ago they kept the white rooster, the white hens, and the brown rooster were the brown hens. But they always... Uh, always come out this, yeah. that color. Now, two clips from U.S. representatives running for the Senate who are still in office, and both participated in debates moderated by legendary NBC personalities. In 2002, South Carolina Republican Representative Lindsey Graham became a U.S. Senator. He defeated Democrat Alex Sanders. But first, he had to get past Tim Russert. On October 13, 2002, Russert moderated a debate on Meet the Press, which was replayed on C-SPAN. Clip 7 is a masterclass on how to question a politician. Mr. Graham, you have a different view of that. In fact, we're a co-sponsor of House Joint Resolution 40, a constitutional amendment, and I'll show you the exact language. No unborn person shall be deprived of life by any person. You would ban abortion, period, by a constitutional amendment. What I would do by constitutional amendment is allow states to implement laws that would be constitutional. You had the Supreme Court in one decision strike down the ability of the state and federal government to regulate the practice of abortion as to the death penalty. Now, let, me, let me stay on abortion. Okay. Would you allow a woman to have an abortion? I support the position of President Bush, Senator Thurman, and myself, saying that abortions 
uh, would be available to people for medical necessity, save the life of the mother in cases of rape or incest. incest. I do not support abortion as a form of birth control. That's the position of Senator Thurman. That's the position of President Bush. Do you believe life begins at conception? Yes, I do. And then, I believe if, that's, if that's the case, why would you make exceptions for rape or incest? Well, you have to balance the, the, the trauma that a woman faces when she's raped, the idea of having a tubal pregnancy where you have to choose between the mother and the, uh, 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 the, the, the unborn child is a moral dilemma, and I would leave that to the family because you got two lives. One can survive, one can't, and when a woman's raped, that's a situation that I can understand the, the balance going to the woman there. But the idea of having wholesale abortions, uh, millions of them in this country, I think is wrong. If a woman and her husband decided that they wanted to have an abortion, would they be prosecuted criminally? No, I don't think we need to turn this into a criminal enterprise. What we need to do is have statutes that would prevent the procedure and tell medical people that this is off limits, that you're dealing with an individual life here, an unborn child, and regulate the practice of abortion through having statutes at the state level, ever how the state would want to do it. It's not my job up here to tell them how to do that. And a quick update. 20 years later, here is U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham at a September 13, 2022 press conference. He's unveiling legislation that would ban most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy nationwide. And the first thing I would say about uh, the Dobbs decision is that abortion's not banned in America. It's left up to elected officials in America to define the issue. You have states have the ability to do it at the state level, and we have the ability in Washington to speak on this issue if we choose. I have chosen to speak. If the 2002 South Carolina debate went high into lofty issues of constitutionality and states' rights, the 1998 New York Senate debate went in a different direction. That year, New York Democratic Representative Chuck Schumer beat Republican incumbent Senator Al D'Amato. But first, he had to get past an October 25, 1998 debate moderated by WNBC's Gabe Pressman. And in an only-in-New-York moment, Pressman pulled out a Yiddish dictionary, and they all discussed the meaning of the word putz. The latest issue that you brought up, uh, uh, Congressman, involves a Yiddish slang word that you, Senator DeMato, used to describe Congressman Schumer in a private meeting. We all agree on that, right? The specific charge is that you called him a putzhead. And for those not familiar with <laughs> Yiddish, I read an excerpt from Rostin's Dictionary of Yiddish. Putz, he says, is one a term of contempt for an ass, a fool, or a jerk, or two, a term for a simpleton or a yokel, an easy mark. It literally means the male sex organ, but the vulgarism is rarely used. This is according to Rustin, the authority on Yiddish. Uh, so it gets down to one simple issue. Did you use the word to describe your opponent? Yes, I did. And, and I used it in the context of being silly and being foolish. And, and, and indeed, Did you mean it as a term of contempt for your opponent? A, a term of foolishness, a term of a man who was there laughing and ridiculing my work, missing votes, not being there, not fighting for uh, the state. Uh, yes, and his campaign has been one of foolishness. Here he is clinging desperately to this life raft, attempting to divert Gabe attention from right. the real issues. And the issues is he doesn't show up for work. Okay, we'll get to that. Uh, and your charge well, let me answer, answer to that. Let uh, me answer. Yeah. It wasn't the term that was used that bothered me. I have been called worse. I thought what he did to Congressman Lat Nadler was not at the level of what a senator should be. It was that he lied about it. He, he didn't just Congressman say, Congressman oh, Nadler is com Congressman Waddle. Waddler and then Waddler. waddled around the room in front of 40 community because leaders. Because he happens to be overweight. Yeah, that's not what a senator should do. But Gabe Pressman clearly came prepared for that debate. 
you don't often hear a moderator cite a Yiddish dictionary for fact-checking. Sometimes, real-time-in-the-moment fact-checking is done at the moderator's peril, like the September 29, 1996 Delaware Senate debate. Democratic Senator Joe Biden is running for re-election. He's facing Republican Ray Clatworthy. Clip number five starts with Jim Osmond of WILM Radio. I'd like to clarify something, that, I, and I know Republicans like to repeat this over and over and over again. Uh, the 1993 tax increase was not the largest in history. If you factor in inflation and if you talk to mostly a- any economist, they'll tell you that the 1982 tax increase was the highest in history, and that was pushed through by Bob Dole. Uh, Jim, I've heard other arguments, by the way, but so if you uh, well, I if you agree to examine well, some folks, of those arguments, I'd appreciate that as well. The Wall Street Journal. We could, I'll read we, the quote to you. So we could sit down and talk about it, but I wanted to present well, that well, point. But there's been a lot of tax Jim, increases. Well, let's just say <laughs> this: in, in, since 1985, Senator Biden has voted for 500 billion dollars in tax increases. Does that add, add any clarity? No, no, no. My, the reason that I brought it up is because it's very convenient to repeat things over and over that simply are not true, and that's the reason I brought it up. I will ask. I'm going to put an issue on the table. That one didn't work. And sometimes a moderator can prepare and prepare and prepare and still not be ready for what happened in the 2014 Florida governor debate. Incumbent Governor Rick Scott, a Republican, versus former Governor Charlie Crist, a Democrat. Clip number four in our top ten list is from October 14, 2014. Here's how the debate began with moderator Elliot Rodriguez of WFOR-TV Miami. And right now we want to take a shot of the stage here at Bailey Hall in Broward County. And as you can see, the two candidates who were invited to take part in this debate right now are not stepping up on the stage. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we have an extremely peculiar situation right now. We have Governor Charlie Crist. Florida Governor Rick Scott, our incumbent governor and the Republican candidate for governor, is also in the building. Governor Rick Scott, we have been told that Governor Scott will not be participating in this debate. Now, let me explain what this is all about. Governor Christ has asked to have a fan, a small fan, placed underneath his podium. The rules of the debate that I was shown by the Scott campaign say that there should be no fan. Somehow there is a fan there, and for that reason, ladies and gentlemen, I am being told that Governor Scott will not join us for this debate. After all that, Rick Scott ends up walking on stage, shakes everyone's hand, and debates. Clip number three is a tie. Both are reasons you should be watching C-SPAN's coverage of Senate, House, and Governor debates. You never know when you'll see that reporter who's asking questions appear somewhere else, some other time, some other place. Clip 3A. Lester Holt anchors the NBC Nightly News, and he moderated a 2016 debate between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. That wasn't his first debate. Sporting a mustache and representing News 2 Chicago, here's Lester Holt on October 16, 1998. The Illinois governor debate. Republican George Ryan, the winner, 
versus Democrat Glenn Pushard. I could follow up uh, political position papers and that sort of thing are one thing, but most voters are impacted by the political ads they see. Both candidates have expressed some concern about negative advertising. What responsibility do you as candidates have to lay out the facts of your campaign versus uh, laying out the facts of your opponents? And clip 3B, another current NBC star anchor from the 90s. These days, Hoda Kotb anchors the Today Show. On October 31st, 1996, she was a correspondent for WWL-TV in New Orleans when she asked questions during the Louisiana Senate debate. Republican Woody Jenkins versus Democrat Mary Landrieu, the winner. Next question for Mary Landrieu from Hoda Kotb. Hoda. Thanks, Dennis. Uh, Mary, both of you have received a lot of contributions from outside the state, from PACs or from your own political party. How can you assure voters of Louisiana that you're going to represent their interests when a lot of your money seems to come from outside of the state? Now, clip two in our top ten list of most memorable moderator moments from a Senate, House governor, or mayor debate. It's something that was completely expected and even encouraged. September 24, 2003, the California governor debate. Candidates are vying to replace Democratic Governor Gray Davis, who was facing a recall. Here's your moderator, California broadcaster Stan Statham. The debate you're going to see tonight is designed so that you can witness these candidates in verbal combat. Well, Stan Statham got exactly what he hoped for. Talk about verbal combat. Independent Ariana Huffington and Republican Arnold Schwarzenegger did not disappoint. Is that the kind of business climate you'd like to bring to the state? The same kind of business climate that brought us Enron and Global Crossing and Adelphia and has cost millions of jobs and we're still paying that price. And one more thing, Arnold. You know, you talk about the 30... Arnold. Yes, you know, you talk... 30 seconds. I like 30 seconds. Ariana, you let me just say one thing. You personal, your personal income tax have the biggest loophole. I can drive my hammer through it. That's oh, how big the loophole no. is. Let me tell you something. I don't know what you're talking about. I cannot believe you. <laughs> yes, we got, advance, we got advance notice. We got advance notice in the New York Times that you're going to say that. And you know perfectly well that I paid $150,000 in um, property taxes, in payroll taxes. And you know what? I'm a writer. And these two years yeah, I was right. writing and researching a book. And I wasn't making $20 million violent movies. I'm sorry. Arnold Schwarzenegger won the 2003 race and became California's governor. And now our number one clip. Our list of top 10 moderator moments is now complete. This clip from February 8, 1990, requires no setup. So take it away, future Mr. President. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the underwriters, the sponsors, and the producers, I welcome you to the 1990 Texas Governor's Debates. I'm George W. Bush, and I'll be your moderator for tonight's debate. Let me first start, though, by thanking the underwriters for tonight's program. The Enron Foundation. An update on that 1990 clip. In 2001, George W. Bush was sworn in as president. And in 2001, Enron filed for bankruptcy. In 2004, Bush won re-election. And in 2004, Enron founder Kenneth Lay was indicted. And that's our top 10 list. But we're not leaving before our bonus clip. Because probably the most famous moderator moment ever involved CNN's Bernard Shaw. The 1988 presidential debate between George H.W. Bush and Michael Dukakis. Here's how Bernard Shaw began. By agreement between the candidates, the first question goes to Governor Dukakis. You have two minutes to respond. Governor, 
If Kitty Dukakis were raped and murdered, would you favor an irrevocable death penalty for the killer? No, I don't, Bernard, and I think you know that I've opposed the death penalty during all of my life. Uh, I don't see any evidence that it's a deterrent, and I think there are better and more effective ways to deal with violent crime. Michael Dukakis himself thought he blew that answer, as Bernard Shaw described during a March 7, 2001 conversation with Marvin Kalb at the National Press Club. Well, I was doing my job as a journalist. I, in, the flood of hate mail and criticism I got from people who didn't like the question uh, was driven by something that they really had forgotten. And, and it, it goes like this. Since when did a question hurt a politician? When? A question? It wasn't the question, it was the answer. Absolutely. And his staff had prepared him for that kind of question. They knew in advance? No. No, they did not. They didn't know in advance, but they had, you know how you sit around and you brainstorm, and it's just like the president preparing for a press conference. The staff will come in, and they'll sit around and say, well, you might get a question on this, or that kind of thing, because he had had assaults in his family, you know, his brother, his dad. Uh, they say that he wasn't feeling that well the day of the debate, that he was running a fever, that he had the flu and all that, but... All I can tell you is that after the debate, Governor Caucus, after shaking hands with me and the other panelists, walked off stage, and John Sasso, his campaign manager, was waiting in the wings. And as he stepped into the wings, he said to John, and I cannot use this, this word, it's a very profane word, but it begins with an F. He said, John, I up. And we mourn Bernard Shaw, who recently died. That's it for this episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly. Two reminders... Watch C-SPAN's coverage of campaign 2022 debates and do your own searches in the C-SPAN video library. Just go to cspan.org and use the search bar on top. Create your own top 10 list of favorite debate moments. And for further fulfilling family fun, feel free to include presidential debates in the mix. You might even find the moment during a presidential debate when a candidate turned into a newsman or more precisely, a sports announcer. The October 16, 1996 presidential debate between Bill Clinton and Bob Dole. It was held the same night as baseball's National League Championship Series. Here is debate moderator Jim Lehrer. We begin now with Senator Dole and his opening statement. Senator Dole. Thank you very much, Jim. Let me first give you a sports update. The Braves won, Cardinals nothing. Early on. Bob Dole lost the election to Bill Clinton. But the Atlanta Braves won the NLCS and played in the World Series. Then they lost to the New York Yankees. Thanks for listening and happy searching. 